0: Well good morning, my name is Pastor Milo again, I'm so glad to see you, good to have you here this morning. How many of you for that last few uh, songs there, there was a certain song that just kind of stirred something up inside of you. Uh, I'll say for me, and and actually this goes back for many of you uh, the previous week when we did a lot of hymn singing and different things like that, music kind of has that power and so I distinctly remember as I heard the words to that second song, shout to the Lord all the earth let us sing. It's gotta be like 20 years ago, I think this year, uh, that I enlisted in the Marine Corps. I went into boot camp that summer and had that first week of boot camp where I was terrified and thought everything was coming apart. And then they let you go uh, to chapel that Sunday morning following. And this was the song that we sang in chapel. And and there was just something about, and maybe the only time in my entire life that I'm standing with a group of men uh, singing at the top of my lungs and just tears pouring out of my face and the big bad Marine Corps had broken me there was no question about that and uh, I think it was I, I looked at the words just really quick I, I think it may have been on the bridge of that song my comfort my refuge my tower in time of a of, uh, need of strength because I didn't have it at that point. So, uh, as as we think about that this morning, actually it ties in pretty well with what I wanted to talk about as we began. Is for many of you last week of of being able to celebrate uh, a Heritage Sunday and going back and looking. At the last almost 200 years of existence here as a church, there are many things uh, that we can celebrate as a church. And we talked about as we opened up the This Is Us sermon series on uh, this last couple of chapters here in the book of Romans, and being able to talk about what is the heritage that we want to grab a hold of, what are the things that we want to celebrate. And for many of us that was a very nostalgic day. So so two weeks in a row we're playing our nostalgia card pretty strong uh, here at Randall Church. So get your Bibles out this morning. I want to point out a few things for you. This is Romans uh, chapter 15, is where we are today. Romans chapter 15. If you're using the Pew Bibles in front of you, that's on page 1190 on uh, the New International Version. So if you want to follow us online uh, with a uh, U version uh, translation or any other uh, digital device, we're in the New International Version. But I want to bring this out for us this morning because we talked about this verse last week and it applies to us this morning. Romans 15 verse 5 says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, verse 6, so that with one mind one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this worship experience that I'm describing uh, of singing... uh, Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Just the the way that that moment kind of overwhelmed me in that moment, there was something about standing and singing with one voice with men from all over the country that I did not know uh, prior to that and singing those words out and realizing we are of one voice as fellow believers in Christ here. We we are of, of one body. And that realization should be something that is powerful for all of us and for each of us. It's something that we should be able to celebrate, something that's encouraging to each of us. And and what's really neat about a church like this that has four, even five generations here on a Sunday is the realization that for some, uh, maybe a grandmother needs to look down the aisle and see her grandson singing a song that she's never heard before, and yet he's pouring himself out before God in worship, and she can celebrate that. And the next day, the next week, the next month, maybe the next song, he turns back and looks at Grandma who's now singing an old hymn that she's loved for 50 years or more. And she's singing and she's praising God. And there's a unification that happens between those generations there of understanding that we use different methods, we use different ways to go about it, but we are all worshiping the same God with one voice, with one mind, so that we can glorify God. So I'm saying this morning that we are playing the nostalgia card pretty strong, but you may be here this morning and you don't have that twinge, you don't have that emotional pull, you don't have the background, you've not heard these songs at all before. This is your first time in the church or this is your first time in this worship experience you're going, I'm just not connecting with you on this. Our family this week went away to a family camp, which we've not done that before, at least not in that environment. And the camp that we decided to go to uh, was, was specifically a, a camp that basically had almost entirely been booked by one church. And then there was a few empty slots for other people to come in and fill the slots. And so this one church, they all knew each other. In many ways, when we, when we came into the camp, we pulled into the parking lot, it was clear that they all had been here 10, 15 years, 20 years, they knew exactly what was going on as so we made our way around the camp and made our way trying to find where we were supposed to register and those type of things. Literally people told us, oh, we don't actually have signs for any of those things or we just everybody knows because we've all been here for 10 years. Like, but we don't know and I don't know where the zip line is because there's nothing that says go here for the zip line or whatever it was. And so there was this learning curve that was actually very difficult. And so as we talk about this morning of being reminded to say, we as a church, we're going to tug a little bit at nostalgia, we need to realize that there are some people who don't have that connection, and we also need to be well aware of that as well here in our local body as a church, and also in an extended way for us as followers of Christ, we need to also remember that not everybody has the same life experiences. When we were there at that camp at the end of the week, well, here's what I want to share with you. Well, in verse 7, it's our opening verse for our passage that we're going to talk about today. It says, Accept one another, then, just as Christ had accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. You see, when the body of Christ does that, when we accept one another, when we welcome somebody and we go out of the way to make sure that someone who's not like us, if you will, uh, someone who's been, I'll use the camp experience again, someone who had not been there before, and in our situation there was dozens and dozens and dozens of people staying in cabins, and we signed up to sleep in our tent out in the tent uh, campsite. And we didn't find out until after being there a couple of days, said, we've We've never seen anyone sleep in a tent here at this camp before. Like, Well, then why do you have a campsite that has a tent, whatever. So, so, you know, we were on the outside. We didn't realize it, but we didn't know it until a few days in. We were, you know, in a different spot. But really, when this verse says, let's accept one another just as Christ has accepted you. Because you know what? Jesus Christ gave Himself for each and every one of us regardless of what our background is. And we do that. And when we, we do that well, what does it do? It brings praise and glory and honor to God. So the end of camp, as many camps do, actually I think all camps, is kind of the curriculum for camp, the last night of camp, Friday night of camp or Saturday night as it may be, there's always an end of week what? Campfire, yeah, there's the campfire experience at the camp, right? That's probably where the term campfire comes from. So, so at the end of the week, you have a campfire and you sit there and you, you share the experiences of what you've enjoyed about the week, what you've learned, the, the, the best thing, that, what was your best thing that you went through this week. And there was something about this particular spot that they had set up their, their campfire was right on their small lake there. And so as, as we were sitting and listening to people talk, there was for me just a realization of like, oh, this is kind of like what it was when Jesus stood in front of the masses and talked. There was something about that lake and something about the way we were sitting on the hill and the sound kind of carried across and there was no need for amplification and you could hear perfectly well. And we said this was kind of like when Jesus gathered people together and he taught on the beach uh, on the Sea of Galilee. So in Matthew chapter 13, I was reminded of this passage, and it ties in for us today. In the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered around him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood there on the beach. And he told them many things in parables saying, this is a familiar parable to many of you, a sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came, and they devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up. But since there was no depth of soil, when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Still other seeds fell in the good soil, and it produced grain, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Dear Lord, this morning as we open your word, I pray, Lord, that... He who has ears in this room lets each and every one of us, Lord, that we would pay attention. We would listen to what you have to say to us through your word today. We thank you for the way that it speaks to us. It reminds us. It draws us back to you. Lord, may it do that this morning. May the prompting of your Holy Spirit move this morning so that we may be a place that cultivates fruitfulness. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is the parable of the sower. The sower in this situation is the, the son of man. The story that he is telling is that he, Jesus Christ, is the one spreading the seed. And the seed is the message of salvation. And the soil is the human heart. The seed is the message of salvation. It is the gospel. And the human heart is the soil. And if you've heard this parable before, there's a number of different ways to look at each of those soils and realize that that's the way that our hearts can be. There is the hard heart there is the superficial heart there is the divided heart but the last heart is the one that we all long for and yearn for and that is the fruitful heart because the fruitful heart produces what it produces fruit up to a hundred times over that initial seed it says here So if you get out of your bulletins this morning as a white sheet of paper, help you follow along where I'm going with the message this morning, ask this question in that bulletin. Uh, Ask this question first. How will we see spiritual fruit cultivated in our church as well in our own lives as Christ followers? How will we see spiritual fruit cultivated, fruit that shows itself 100 times over as Jesus describes it, how will we see that developed? How will we see that cultivated? So last week as we began the series, we used this statement, we said, we will celebrate faithfulness. This week's message title is, We Will Cultivate Fruitfulness. This is us. This is who we are to be as a church. This is who we are as followers of Christ. This is what the Bible has called us to, and very specifically, this is what we're going to grab onto and value and put first. So how will we see spiritual fruit cultivated? Those of you who love fill-ins, I'm just going to give them to you at the beginning and you're just going to see them, you can fill them in and away we go. You ready? Get your pens ready. Here's how we will see spiritual fruit cultivated. Provide the space, prepare the soil, plant the seed, pray for rain. Provide the space, prepare the soil, plant the seed, pray for rain. Let's start with the first one, provide the space. Beginning in verse 7, as I just said, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Might glorify God for his mercy. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, we hear when Jesus, and when God is creating the world and he sees Adam and Eve there in the garden, it says in verse 27, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. God blessed them and said to them what? Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every creature that crawls upon the earth. When when Romans chapter 15 is talking about the patriarchs, it goes all the way back to the very first patriarch when he tells him to be fruitful and multiply. Later in Genesis chapter 17, we meet this man, no longer will you be called Abram, but your name will become Abraham, for I have made you father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will descend from you. God provided the space for spiritual fruit. He says, be fruitful and multiply. He is not just talking about physically multiplying the earth. He's saying, be fruitful and multiply these truths that I'm giving you, you patriarchs. You you are going to, to shape and mold a generation. You are going to shape and mold the nation that will call themselves Israel, that call themselves my people. You are going to shape them. Be fruitful and multiply. Specifically to Abraham, he says, you will be exceedingly fruitful. You see, God provided a space for spiritual fruit. He created the world and everything in it. He created you, he created me, and he created a space where we can be fruitful. How will we see spiritual fruit cultivated? Provide the space, prepare the soil, plant the seed, pray for rain, prepare the soil. Continuing on, verse 9, as it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles, I will sing the praises of your name. If you've got a little uh, footnote there in your Bible, you'll see this is a quote from Psalm uh, chapter 18, verse 49. So it's a direct quote there. And then in in verse 10 it goes on, again it says, rejoice you Gentiles with his people. Footnote will tell you there, Deuteronomy 32, 43, uh, verse 11. And again it says, praise the Lord all you Gentiles, let all the peoples extol or praise and worship him. A footnote will tell you, Psalm 117, verse 1. And he just goes through here and he lists and he says, the soil is being prepared. God has provided the space. He's created an opportunity for us to be fruitful spiritually. And then as that is happening, he is preparing the soil. And that's why the psalmist writes about this, that we will will worship, we will praise the Lord. And specifically, the Gentiles would have a part in this. Let all peoples praise him. So God had been preparing this for some time, not only for for a, a small amount of time, not only a large amount of time, but for all of time. We use this format actually when we come to our worship gatherings as a leadership and as a staff, we use this type of approach. If you think about how the process of a worship gathering looks, first thing we do is that we prepare the space. We think through things. We, we do our very best to be able to have things that, that connect and help us to get our minds right when we come in in the morning. There's a reason why uh, we have a regular worship time at a regular time each week, so that you know that it's coming, that you can be- begin to prepare your hearts as well. And then special weeks like what we did last week when you, when you came into the foyer last week and, and you had all these artifacts for the last 200 years of us as a church, like there's something kinesthetic there that you can grab a hold of and say you're being connected to something larger. And when you come into the room and there's, there, there, there's something been prepared for you when you come here, there, there's, there's a plan. You can anticipate that Mario and the rest of the musicians are not playing that music for the very first time as you are seeing it in real time. There, there's been some preparation that is happening there. And as that happens there, we, we gather together and worship. We pray together. We, we spend this time together preparing the soil that is our hearts for what God has to say to each and every one of us. So that in his word and through his word, something might be planted that would grab a hold of you and grab a hold of me. That is why and that is how we will see spiritual fruit cultivated here as a church. Provide the space, prepare the soil, plant the seed, pray for rain. Plant the seed. Romans chapter 15, verse 12 says this, and again, Isaiah, he's quoting all these Old Testament authors to help you see the bigger picture. Isaiah says, the root of Jesse Will spring up. The root of Jesse will spring up. Who is the root of Jesse? That is David, David the king. David the king, who should never have been king because he did not follow the lineage of the king until until God comes along and anoints him king. It says, You, the least of all of your family, will now be the greatest in my kingdom. So this root of Jesse will spring up. So in his line will be one who will arise to rule over the nations, and in him Gentiles will hope. In him, the root of Jesse, the lineage, the line of Israel. In him, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Gentiles will hope. Turn over a couple of pages in your Bibles and you're going to stay there for a few minutes. Galatians chapter 4. It should only be a few pages. Galatians chapter 4. We're going to see how the seed has been planted. Galatians chapter 4, beginning in Verse 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons. Remember, Abraham has been told to be exceedingly fruitful. Abraham had two sons, one through a slave woman and the other by a free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. And so we see the very background of who are the the Jews and who are the Gentiles. It starts here with Abraham. Abraham. Fast forward to verse 28, jump down there. But now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. See, the Apostle Paul is writing to the people in Galatians says, you are Gentiles, you are not of the family lineage, but something has happened. Something has been changed. The Messiah has come, and he has come not just for the Jews, but he's come for the Gentiles as well, so that they also can be children of promise. you understand, friends, this is the root, the basis, the beauty of the gospel. It is for each and every one of us. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, and this is how we live. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Gentiles, friends, those of you who are not Jews, which is 99% of us in this room, understand that we are now free in Christ. We were once slaves, but now we are free. We've been tracking along through this this book of Romans for all of 2019, spending week after week after week being reminded again that we are free in Christ. You're no longer burdened by the yoke of slavery, slavery to sin, that is. Verse 5, for through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we have hope. There it is, the hope that the Gentiles will have. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, the the outward factors that you would see of a Jew or a Gentile has any value. It says it's of no value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. We will celebrate faithfulness, we said last week, over and over and over. Why? Because the only thing that matters, the only thing that counts is faith that expresses itself through love. Love. Look what he says to the Galatians, verse 7. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? You were doing a good job. You were running strong. You were coming around the turn. You were looking at the prize. You were pursuing it. And then something or someone cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth. The truth that you are no longer a slave. You are now free in Christ. It says, verse 8, that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. Implication there being, it comes from the enemy who wants to destroy you, who wants to pull you away from the prize. And then he defines. He defines there what it looks like when you're being pulled away from who God has called you to be. These, we're talking here about planting the seed. Friends, these are not the seeds you are looking for. This is not the fruit that you want to produce. Look at verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Said you're being distracted, Said you were running the race... You are pursuing after God. You were living free in Christ. And then suddenly you're being distracted. You're being pulled away. You're being tripped up. Something cut in on you and started to pull you away towards these other things. You understand, friends, that this list is not extensive. You say, well, the sin that I'm dealing with is not on this list, so I guess he's not talking to me. No, this list is continuous. You just keep adding to it and adding to it and adding to it. Because these are the behaviors of a different seed. These are the behaviors, it says here, of the one who did not call you. And then he clarifies and talks specifically, says, now this is the seed that has been planted inside of you. Planted in every heart of everyone who believes in Jesus Christ. Jesus himself says in John 14, you've heard the verse John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth and the life, no man comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 16 says this, I will pray to the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The seed will be planted in you when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are a believer, a follower in Christ, says that will abide in you, that seed will begin to grow in you. And here's what we should expect, friends, look at verse 22 of chapter 5, Galatians chapter Chapter 5, verse 22, because this is the seed that's been planted. The fruit of the Spirit, what is growing inside of you and in me, if you are a follower of Christ, is this. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. No one will be against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions, its desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with The Spirit. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is what we want to cultivate as a church. This is what we want to see in our own hearts and in our own lives. This is the seed that has been planted when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We need to be reminded when we consistently obey Christ's commands that it is His commands that are going to be opposed by our sinful nature. There's His commands that we cannot obey in our own power, or His commands that are joyfully accomplished by the Holy Spirit. And so if you are living these things out, and you're patting yourself on the back and saying, man, I'm really doing a good job of being patient. Just wait. (laughs) Just wait. I'm doing a really good job of having self-control. I'm doing a... Man, you should see how gentle I am. You should see how humble I am. Because it's the Holy Spirit accomplishing these things in you. You see, if we live by the leadership of the Holy Spirit, we are helpless to do things in our own power, and we are continuing to, to follow after him. We are eagerly led by the Spirit's power. We are pursuing the Spirit. As his children were saying, I want more of that. I want to be alive in the Spirit. I want to enjoy what it looks like to be obedient in Christ. We demonstrate the character of Christ. You see, the Spirit does not force Himself upon us. He is, he is not uh, commanding a performance within us, but He is allowing us to, fu- to be the fulfillment of the law because we are proclaiming the very union with Christ Himself because He has fulfilled the law here on earth. So can we. We can be demonstrative, uh, demonstrative of what it looks like for the Holy Spirit to be living and acting in a human being here on this planet. That is what is possible when the fruit of the Spirit is growing in each and every one of us. Now many of you have walked with Christ much longer than I. And many of you would say that you are, are, are finding the fruit of the Spirit to be growing inside of you, and then others of you would say, there's, there's, there's room for improvement here. And I see some of these other things that are beginning to grow. And so how do we see spiritual fruit cultivated here as a church? How do we see spiritual fruit cultivated here in our lives as well? We will provide the space, prepare the soil, plant the seed, pray for rain. Look at verse 13. May the God of hope, this is Romans chapter 15 now. May the God of hope, or some of your translations would say, I pray that the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. I pray that the God of hope will fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him. Friends, I need to be filled with joy and peace. The only hope that I have is that God will continue to fill me because I am not full of hope and joy and peace on my own. Would fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him. So that what? So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Even as I read those words, some of you have someone came to mind... When you said, that person is overflowing with the hope and the joy of Jesus Christ. I know that person, you say. How many people just thought of you? Overflowing with the hope and the power of the Holy Spirit. Here in Clarence, there's a ministry called Let Them LOL, or Let Them Laugh Out Loud, and they go uh, to Sierra Leone and other places across the world, and they dig wells, and they they provide a water source for those who would never be able to do it on their own, and so they dig a well, and you can watch these videos of of children who have been been hiking for miles and miles and miles to get water, and they get one uh, jug of water, and they carry it back, and that's their water for the day or even two days sometimes, and it is a very laborious process. So the thought within their little community, their little village, that they would be able to have a well there, and the water comes out, and you watch these videos of these children and these families, they just come, and they are astonished by the fact that the water just seems to continue to come. It overflows all that they could even imagine. And that's what we see here. May the God of hope... I pray that the God of hope will fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may be the overflowing wellspring of living water for those around you. You see, we need to pray for rain. We need to pray that God would demonstrate Himself as if we're talking about cultivating fruit. We need a water source. We need a supply. So that we may overflow. There's a video that I think demonstrates this really well. Band members, if you'll come up as we play this video, this is from a kid's storybook The Frog and the Toad. It's called The Garden.
1: What a fine garden you have, Frog!
2: Well, yes, it is very nice, but it was hard work.
1: Hmm. I wish I had a garden.
2: Well, here are some flower seeds. Plant them in the ground, and soon you will have a garden.
1: Uh, How soon? Quite soon. Did he? But I cover that up a little bit. (laughs) Now, seeds. Start growing. Now, seeds, start growing. Now, seeds,
2: start growing! What's all the noise?
1: My seeds won't grow.
2: You're shouting too much. These poor seeds are afraid to grow.
1: My seeds are afraid to grow?
2: Of course. Leave them alone for a few days. Let the sun shine on them. Let the rain fall on them. Soon your seeds will start to grow. Hmm...
1: Pratt, my seeds haven't started to grow. They must be afraid of the dark. I will read the seeds a story. Then they won't be afraid. He saw a brilliant rainbow stretching across the sky. I've heard, said the frog, there is a cave filled with gold at the place where the rainbow ends. Sweet little seeds, I love you so. Are you afraid of me? Why don't you grow, oh, oh, grow, oh, oh, grow, grow? grow. Grow. Will you grow? When the air does laugh with our merry wit, and the green hill laughs with the noise of it, come live and be merry and join with me to sing the sweet chorus of ha-ha-hee. Him. What shall I do? These must be the most frightened seeds in the whole world. Mm, toad,
2: Toad, wake up! Look at your garden.
1: Oh! <coughs> my seeds have stopped being afraid to grow.
2: And now you'll have a nice garden, too.
1: Yes, but you were right, Frog. It was very hard work.
0: Did you catch that last slime? You were right. It was very, very hard work. Here's the confusion that we have we think that we're going to do something that is only in God's power to do. When we talk about the spiritual growth of our church or the spiritual growth of our family members or the spiritual growth within ourselves, understand that it is only through a supernatural, powerful God that we would see fruit in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit, it is not the fruit of a hard work ethic or the fruit of a really, really good uh, family or a really, really good church, no. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so as a church, if we're going to be a church that says we celebrate faithfulness and we cultivate fruitfulness. We need to remember a couple of things this morning. Remember this in verse uh, 13 again, I pray that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit be overflowing in each and every one of us. That is the prayer that the Apostle Paul has for the people there in Rome, as well as, as he is really encouraging those in Galatia. We need to remember this, here's a statement for you by a man named Tony Payne, he's an author. The basic work of any Christian ministry is to preach the gospel of Christ Jesus in the power of God's spirit, to see people converted, changed, to grow in maturity in the gospel. But our goal is to grow the vine, not the trellis. Our goal is to grow the vine, not the trellis. Here's a church, friends, and a lot of the things that we can do is that trellis work sometimes can be a lot more impressive than what divine work. We can spend a lot of our time working on programs and working on systems and working on strategies. We can, we can develop all kinds of ideas and curriculums, but it becomes structural. What we actually need is we, we have a role to play, but we actually need the Holy Spirit of God to, to fall on this place, to fall on our hearts, to fall on us as people and do His work. Because without that, we have an empty trellis. And it's our desire not to have a great trellis. No, it's our desire to be connected to the vine and be able to see the vine grow. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. It's interesting, as your ushers come forward this morning, in the New Testament, we read very, very little about church growth, but we read a whole lot about the expansion of the gospel. We read a whole lot about how the increasing of the Word or the focus or the Spirit going out. So if we want to celebrate something, if we want to cultivate something, let us celebrate and cultivate the Holy Spirit pressing us and moving us forward according to God's plan. The song that the band is going to sing in just a moment, is going to have this chorus. All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God that yesterday's gone. Some of you really enjoyed looking back last week about the things that we got to celebrate here as a church over the years, but let's thank God that it's gone as well. Because God is moving us forward. He is propelling us forward towards the future vision. And the reality is, is all of my sins, my past, all of my brokenness, all of my pain, all of the filth and dirt that is in me is gone because my hope is in Jesus. I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. So dear Lord, this morning, we thank you for this time to respond. Lord, we thank you for this time of offering as people give of their hearts, of of what you have given to them and they hand it right back to you. Lord, we pray that in this time and in this moment, Lord, that there be some that would respond and realize that they need to give over themselves to you spiritually as well. We trust, Lord, that you are at work. We trust, Lord, that you are growing the seeds that you've planted. We pray that your Holy Spirit is moving in this place in this moment as well. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We pray, Lord, that this church and these people would cultivate the fruit that you've called us to. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.